Hello, hello, hello. Hum hai Aurate, Dil Se Desi, a podcast for brown women by brown women. I'm your host, Geet, joined by my lovely co-hosts, Sami and Amna. Today we are bringing you an unscheduled episode ignited by the release of Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito's anti-abortion draft opinion that leaked earlier last week and has America reeling again. The laws of this country affect all of us, but I feel it affects immigrants and the children of immigrants a bit differently because many of us find profound comfort in the freedoms of this country. Coming from countries where political upheaval is a norm and civil liberties are frequently and shamelessly violated when civil rights are threatened here, it regurgitates past traumas. It is imperative we add our voice to the conversation when our fundamental rights are in question. I'm going to hand over the spotlight to Sammy, who's going to continue this discussion. So we're now hearing about a possibility of Roe v. Wade flipping in the Supreme Court where abortion is going to become illegal in America. Um, How does that affect our society? here in America. Um, And I think this conversation, it's interesting that it's all around politics and who said what and did what at what time and this many years, like all the news articles that are coming out, right? Like all the news, but at the end of the day, it's gonna affect women and the people who have a uterus, who have the ability to get pregnant and that choice is being taken away from them. Um, and that opportunity is being taken away from them. And we're here to talk about how it affects South Asian women too. And it's definitely a part of our life here in America. The things going on in our politics affects us too. Um, and I would love to know from both of you, what's going through your, what, what, what went through your mind when you heard this in the news? What was sort of your first reaction to the news? I mean, it's the pursuit of happiness, right? That's the fundamental belief of America. The founding founding fathers wanted us to have a life, liberty and the pursuit of happiness. Where is the liberty for the women to make decisions? I mean, and how are you saying that you're going to criminalize abortion without for women without somehow bringing in the responsibility for the man? I don't understand that either. Like the, the woman can't get pregnant by herself. So why is this not any part of the conversation as to how you're actually going to criminalize it for the men too? Right. Or right. if you're going to force a woman to get pregnant and to have that child, then you're going to force the man to be responsible to take care of that child. Because a lot of the reasons why women get abortions, which is contrary to uh, extremist beliefs, that women no. are being careless and going out there and having sex and then just choosing to get abortions as if, as if it's a these promiscuous women as if it takes the place of condoms but that's not what's happening what's no. happening is that women are ending up pregnant without wanting to be pregnant without wanting to be pregnant right, right. i mean in in the in a sexual situation in the in the in the exchange of pregnancy i feel like the woman is the actual vulnerable one right she's the yes. one who can get pregnant meanwhile the man can just do it and walk away right Yep. She's going to be dealing with that pregnancy for the next five, nine months, right? And did she really want it? No one asked her, but society always expects women to have children, right? So it's like... And the question that they keep saying that the life of the fetus is important. How does the life of something that's not born trump the life of something that's living and breathing in front of you? Right. And the choices. And why does government control it? Right. 
that's what my experience was in 1987 i was 25 years old i went to an all women medical school tertiary care women's health center and saw so much of botched abortions married women didn't want to have a 10th child and come in with septic abortion with you know that was a thing for us we dealt with it every day during our gynae duty labor room duty is like septic abortions women coming with their uterus hanging out young women dying because they didn't want a 10th child and the background and, to that is that it's because it's illegal in Pakistan, yes, right? Because it's Islamic Republic of Pakistan. So fast forward to you coming to America, 25 year old, finished med school, came to America. And I used to go to this place to study. And there was a guy and we just, he used to read books and we had intellectual discussions. And then out of nowhere, he asked me a question. It's like, what do you think about abortion? And I had no idea <laughs> that this was a thing in America. I came to United States of America, country of empowered women. And then I find out that, wait a minute, abortion is an issue here. And fast forward that to today, I met this they see woman who has just immigrated to America and I met her and I said, we're going to do a podcast on Roe v. Wade. And I had to explain to her what Roe v. Wade was. And she was like, what do you mean? There is Sharia law in America now. <laughs> so that's the surprise yeah. that we get when we come to this country that Oh my God, you can expect that in Islamic Republic of Pakistan, but to ex to see that in United States of America is mind boggling to us. Right, absolutely. And I, I was just gonna say that, okay, so one thing, we talk about like the laws and the policies here in America. How much of those laws and policies involved women when they were making them? Not that many, right? Yeah. Especially, even when Roe v. Wade was passed, right? Um, sure, representation is increasing in our in our legislation, you know, like just the, the body of people that are making the laws and out there, like whether it's Democrat, Republican, whatever the party is, there's at least an increase in women and we need more women's voices to help guide those policies. I think we often forget that America still has a large majority of conservative Christians who are driving who are in the driving seat right now. Um, and we saw that with Trump too, where a lot of judges, a lot of those folks making decisions were implemented by him. And so now we're seeing those after effects coming out now. I mean, all through Trump's time, they were talking about flipping Roe v. Wade, right? Yeah, we heard all, that. All, all through the time. We heard yeah. that all throughout his, his presidency. So this coming now wasn't a surprise, but it was still my first reaction was, what in the actual fuck? Like, why are we here in 2022? We just went through a damn pandemic and now you are gonna go after our uterus too? Like literally women have been losing jobs through this pandemic. 
Like women are actually the ones losing out during the pandemic more so than men. And now it's our uterus is on the table too. And it's up for discussion. Or women like carrying the household. Boggles you know, your mind. Women carrying the household. Uh, cleaning women. Women who whose husbands lost jobs. Caregivers, they, right. They, right. they went on and did their job. Home care workers, cleaning personnel. And now, and immigrant women right. who are so scared. And... A lot of them live in poverty. A lot and of them. Now, now this you know, is sometimes what I wonder, like, give me a fucking break here. Sometimes I wonder how how much knowledge do these people that are making these laws, these conservative judges and stuff, how much do they recognize pregnancy and and the the effects of pregnancy on a woman's life? You know how all encompassing it is. How much people don't want to hire pregnant women because they look at it like, oh, she's going to leave come that baby is born. Yes. People of higher authority. Like, so if you're a hiring manager, for example, you're looking at a woman almost like she's a liability because at some point she's going to get pregnant and she's going to get on mat leave and she's not going to be around for an X amount of time. And we seem to have come beyond that because of a lot of the of course, laws like this that protect women's choice. Those women who don't want to, don't. Those women who do are, are given our um, maternal leave and, and paternal leave, family leave, right? Those are laws but that protect- do you know? Do you know, Geet, that that also just came recently in the 90s, the family leave for pregnancy, and it's considered a sickness. Because when I adopted my daughter, I wanted to know if Indiana University would give me a maternal leave. They don't. Because adoption is not considered a sickness. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was told that maternal leave is really under the sickness. Under a medical cause. Basically. Yeah. So, so yeah. The, this so like adoption is not medical it's more like right yeah so i did not get a maternal leave i had to really create be very creative and they helped but it's that's the first time in 2002 i found out that adoption that pregnancy <laughs> maternal leave is really considered an illness and that's why it's given. You know, the that's, other side, that's the, terrible. That's terrible. The the side of this that also I feel like, again, you know, this etches far beyond. I think this goes far beyond as an American. It's not just Roe v. Wade because they don't know what the flip side of a world where abortion is illegal looks like. Right. Right. It's also like they don't know what a world where pandemics happen don't look like like it happened through covid where people are just like well my body my choice how is it my body my choice for covid but not my body my choice for pregnancy right. how does that exactly. happen exactly exactly how does that happen a mask is too much a mask is too much controlling your uterus oh sure go right ahead go right up my fallopian tubes you know <laughs> ridiculous <laughs> like what is this garbage this. <laughs> these conservatives like sometimes i'm like how how do you not have the like you're you're screaming at the top of your lungs how you think wearing a mask is a violation of your body and being but you don't think it's a violation for you to 
And it's well, force somebody to have a pregnancy. I mean, it's ridiculous. Right. And it's interesting how this conversation is really about the morality that gets attached to that, right? The morality yeah. of like, nope, if this woman is pregnant, she has to have that child because it's, it would be immoral for her to do anything else. And I think it's, they, equate, it's... they equate abortion to murder. And it's but, like... So I will quote Kamala Harris when she questioned Brett Kavanaugh and said... Oh, beautiful moment. Name a law where men's bodies are controlled. <laughs> are there any? I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. Could you be more direct? <laughs> <laughs> oh. So the hard part for immigrants, see you, Sammy, and you, Geet, probably cannot understand the turmoil that I am going through and women like me are going through. In Pakistan, I have to deal with or only poor women dying because rich women have it all, right? But in United States of America, right. this is my dilemma. No, I'm, I, think I don't know us, if anybody can understand it. No, no, I think all of us can understand it because, totally. because similar to you, I guess, when I was in Pakistan, I did see women that were in similar situations. I'll share a story of a friend whose sister ended up pregnant without the parents knowing, obviously out of wedlock, she was she fell in love and she ended up pregnant and her parents found out she tried to hide it by wearing big clothes. But eventually, you know, it comes through. Parents found out, shipped her back to India. She went through a back alley, botched abortion and died. Young girl, wow. less than 21 years old, dead. That similar story that we were sharing that's all circulating all over the social media right now. Um, I'm sorry, I'm forgetting her name. Sunita from Ireland. Ireland yeah. And uh, that whole story and how that, that panned out for that poor woman. Wait, I'm going to take a moment and I'm going to just read it. I'm sorry if I mispronounce it. Um, Sunita... Hala Panavar, 17 weeks pregnant, was examined at University Hospital Galway after complaining of back pain, but was ultimately discharged without a diagnosis. She returned to the hospital later that day, this time complaining of lower pressure, a sensation she described as feeling something coming down. And a subsequent examination found that the gestational sac, so for lay people, that's basically the entire sac that the yeah. child sits in, um, was protruding from her body. She was admitted to the hospital as it was determined that miscarriage was unavoidable. So basically, she was having a spontaneous miscarriage. And several, hour late, several hours later, just after midnight on October 22nd, her water broke but did not expel the fetus. The following day on 23, water breaking means that the amniotic fluid comes through, the child is still inside with the sac. Okay. Now, if it's not getting nutrition, it's basically dying or dead. And if it's dying inside your body, what that means is necrosis. And what necrosis results in is sepsis. Okay. Um, she was admitted to the, okay. Uh, her water broke, but did not expel the fetus. The following day on October 23rd, Halapanavar discussed abortion with her consulting physician, but her request was promptly refused as Irish law at that time forbade abortion. If a fetal heartbeat was present, fetal heartbeat was present. Okay. 
nothing about how much that heartbeat is, if the pregnancy is viable, if the fetus is going to actually make it alive. Not, nothing is said there. Um, afterwards, Halopinavar developed sepsis, and despite doctors' efforts to treat her, had cardiac arrest at 1.09 a.m. on the 28th of October. The woman went through five to six days of agony and then died. She was 31 when she died, and she was a dentist. Of course, her case prompted mass protests across the country and caused changes to the law. And somehow we're regressing because we want this to happen in America, because that's the reality. Abortions don't stop happening because Roe v. Wade is overturned. Abortions right. still happen. Women die. That's what happens. Um, and also just hearing the fact that like in it's amazing to me that the U.S. being a first world high income country has the one of the highest maternal mortality rates. Um, especially among black women. Um, and that's known and abortion is actually one way that they can like reduce that. Um, but of course, now we're gonna leave it up to the states to decide. And now each state is on its own. But what like, what are we supposed to do as South Asian women? How do we fight for this for ourselves? And are we ready to fight for this for ourselves? Right? We We have to struggle and fight it's very important women who have had abortion it stays with them and being a mom to a 20 year old i just feel like this is so wrong in united states of america where we're the superpower we're the first world country we're the richest country why is why are there laws legislating women's bodies? It's about a woman and her health. And that is plain wrong. And the way we can fight it is being vocal. Those of us who are US citizens, we need to be sending emails to our Congress persons, even if they are not democratic, even if they are Republican, we need to be sending emails to our senators, our local politicians, because they look at this. Yeah, they want to hear from their constituents and yes. those people. Um, and we that's need to write we letters, we need to yeah. write emails, we need to make phone calls, right? And we say really this do. is wrong. Even like every single one of us just made one call to one of our senators and let them know how we feel about this issue. Because I think right now it's up to the states to decide, right? If this does go through, each state is on its own. And like, I think almost what half the country doesn't, there's no abortion laws, right? Yeah, I think they said something like 28 states. And get on board, become involved in your politics vote yeah, see who your governor vote, is right see who your congressperson is see who your local politician is this is the most important thing for immigrants to do to get involved in local politics because our vote counts 
Of course, our vote counts. That's the, <clears throat> a lot of immigrants come here with the experience of being back in their country is questioning whether their vote counts or not. Right. And so they don't understand here that the vote does count. Women fought to have their votes heard. Why are we not using them? Yes. No, so for our votes to get counted, then why are we not out there using them? That's the only collective voice that we really have in the government. Aside from protests. And this is terrible. This abortion legality, legislative morality is the worst thing that can happen to a country. And we really need to fight it. I mean, I question, I say, question my fate. I say, Agar mujko immigrant banna tha, why did I come to America? <laughs> why didn't I go to Canada? Why didn't I go to Finland <laughs> or somewhere else? I came to this country that's sounding more and more like Pakistan. Yeah. This is wrong. I used to make fun when I was um, when I first came back from Pakistan, and I always used to make fun in my um, comments in my Facebook comments and stuff when I would put up posts and then something was happening somewhere far away at that time um, where the conservatives were acting a certain way and having a hissy fit about something or the other. And I would put it up like, oh, Talibanization of America. Trying to bring back such archaic thinking into a country that's so forward in so many ways and is an example across the world has been an example forcefully sometimes becomes an example <laughs> sometimes it just is an example um but like we are we're the country is an example for the world and here we are trying to shoot ourselves back into dark ages like what are we trying to do we're kind of trying to regress instead of progress it's like the gender bias is so deep it's so deep in our society Oh. And it comes in, you know, it's it's part of politics. It's absolutely part of politics. You look at who made the policies. You look at who's in the room when they're making those decisions. But there's not that many women. And we need we need more women in politics to be fighting for us too. And for men. But it's done, it's also, done purposely, right? Oh, no, Sammy? of course not. It's not. Absolutely. And every man is at fault. No, it is just the way that society has been created over time. Nay, there's a flaw and, also. Yeah. And you know, we also have to do something about it. Achha, too, right? socho, when, when what Obama, happen? Wait, wait, one second. When when Obama was in was it was president, okay? Obama was right before Trump, right? Yeah. So when Obama was president, we had women on the Supreme Court. We had quite a few. We had Sotomayor, Sotomayor. I'm sorry, I'm saying her wrong, name wrong. We had R RBG, right? Yeah. We had women, we had female representation. Now suddenly we have a predominantly male Supreme Court, all conservative. Yeah, but this is also dating back to Obama's time too, right? Because he did like put an amendment in one of the laws to like leave it up to the states to decide and that like the, the marketplaces for insurance, they could deny abortion as coverage. So there was a loophole that was still placed in it even during Obama's time. Probably so, to get that passed. <laughs> exactly. So it really did get kickstarted at that point when, and a lot right now, anti-abortion activists are like, you know, having parties because this is exactly what they were aiming for for years now. 
like even up until like Reagan's time when they actually like were funding Reagan's party to like the sort of anti-abortion side of it. So and like, why are they called pro-life? Because why are they called pro-life? Right, because they're seeing that that unborn child as life, and that, but they're not no, pro-life. They're right. anti-choice, anti-women, anti-children. Right. You know, fine. They're not pro-life. They're anti-children. They're trying to defund yeah. education programs. They're trying to defund daycare programs. They're trying to defund the programs right. that pro WIC. No, WIC they also. Right. You know, you. I know from having had IVFs that majority insurance companies do not fund IVF because of this fucking pro-life lobby, because they say zygotes gets, get wasted, so they don't want to fund IVF. There is also a major problem with healthcare where their, you know, premature babies that are born, their healthcare is in trouble because of these lobbies. So on one hand, you say you're pro-life, but you don't want to fund healthcare for premature children. You don't want to fund healthcare for women. Stem cell I mean, research. Yes. Pro-lifers are against stem cell research because they think that that's life <laughs> so bizarre so bizarre it is bizarre right and it affects immigrant women and brown women and black women more so than anyone else i also and wish that's why it's i also wish that talk about it healthcare workers and doctors would actually rally more together and become a larger voice and and actually have the conversation about where does life start? I wish that doctors would be would be yeah. discussing like that. Increasing communication. Yeah. Right. I think that they need to be more active and more vocal when it comes to these kind of loaded per political conversations that really are medically dependent. Like where is life defined is not decided in the Bible. It's decided in medicine. And it's very clear when you read, when you study embryology and, and anatomy and physiology, where life starts. And so why is that even up for discussion when it's so clear? It's crystal clear. Yeah. And why yeah. are we allowing, why are we giving the podium to pro-lifers to have the conversation, to take control of it? So the We're answer is we need to organize. We need to get our voice known. We need to talk and talk and talk and talk. We need to organize. We need to have protests. We need to be communicating with our political people. I also think we need to get educated. That's the other yes. part too. We yes. also need to get educated to understand what these laws are and what they mean to us personally. And especially for us immigrants <clears throat> moving here from, you know, Pakistan, India, wherever that country is and coming to the US, there's a lot of different laws for abortion around the world, right? not every country allows it and not every country you know what i mean like there's different degrees of what counts as an abortion or not and when um but i do think that a lot of people moving to the us from like india pakistan i'll talk to that because obviously we can sort of relate to it too um they're also in that mindset that 
they're probably, you know, there's a lot of folks that are against it as well, that they're sort of supporting this, that, yeah, there's, sh- you know, women should not be allowed to have abortions. And as women, we need to come together and we need to like have a voice, you know, and say something, even if that means starting petitions to submit, if that means calling your Congress people, get on the phone. Um, if you, if that means getting involved with your local politics, like Amna was saying, do it, um, but get your voice heard and whichever way you feel, add to the conversation, add to the dialogue at the end of the day, we'll come out on the other side. That's the important message. Um, don't just sit back and keep considering yourself the other. Don't sit back and say, well, this doesn't concern me. Oh, and just to talk about this, I always feel like brown women, even if they do comment on abortion and their belief, many of them do uh, what I read. Many do believe in pro-choice, but they always find it necessary to say that they're, but but I'm personally pro-life, but I do believe in the other woman's choice. This is a political argument. Let's just talk about the politics of the thing. Do you or do you not believe that a woman has a right to decide without judging her, without putting yourself in that situation, just think about it and say, all women, we're talking about 100% of the women in the country. You know, when it comes to when it comes to politics, and when it comes to laws, legislating women's bodies, then there is only one choice. And the choice is to go for woman's body. And against the laws that legislated. It has nothing to do with my personal beliefs. It has to do with the collective. And the collective is, it is wrong to legislate a woman's body. And that brings episode three to an end. Act now, add to the collective voice. It's important. We will be adding a blog post for this episode on our website with helpful information You can get up to speed on the issue. You can also find information on illegal abortions around the world linked to the WHO website. You can find Amnesty International facts on abortion, and you can find a overview of abortion laws around the United States. You'll also find a link um, to the uh, senate.gov website and you can find a way to contact your senators on that website directly. I hope you found this episode useful and informational. Our website address is www.aurate.com, A-U-R-A-T-E-N, and follow us on Instagram or Facebook at 3Aurate. Thanks for tuning in. This is Geet signing off.